Hello, peoples and peoplets. It's time for another episode of Apotheosis of a Bombast. Uh, my name is Scott Copperman. I'm one of your hosts. And with me... Oh, jeez. <laughs> what the heck? Let's try that again with everything disconnected. That's perfect timing. <laughs> Turn the cell phone off. Normally, I have this all shut down, and I thought, no, that's overkill. No one ever phones me anyway. I've got no chance of anyone phoning me. It's not for me. It's the children. God damn children. No. Ah! <laughs> now it's Blake is... What's he want? What are we talking about? Elton has a surprise for you. There's got to be a way to make these little things not go bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh, the Skype ones. Yeah. Sure there are. Uh, settings, things, things. Here we go. All right. Let's try this again. All right. 20 minutes after it started, it's time. and peoplets. It's time for another episode of Apotheosis of a Bombast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Copperman, and with me, as always, is our good friend from across the Atlantic, Elton McManus. Hi, I'm the other host. That's How are you? <laughs> so finally, after a couple of technical difficulties, we seem to say that a lot, but after a couple technical difficulties, we're here to entertain and enlighten and just share some quality time with all of you. I had huge technical difficulties. My computer was taken away. <laughs> Did you hear that? Little... Yeah, <laughs> elbow him off. Don't worry. All right. Um, yeah, you had some crazy technical difficulties. Here. Yeah, my hard drive went kaput. It, it just died on me. Were they able to salvage what was on it, or was it kind of lost? No, the the guy that turned up, he he done a grand job. He um He said it took around about seven hours to wipe my hard drive and take all the details off of that and then load it all back up onto the hard drive but I've got everything as it was so I'm well happy with that thank god because I had the last episode to edit now is is that something that uh, like you know why it happened or did it just phantom <laughs> phantom death yeah phantom death really it's getting on this computer so as soon as I get back from my holidays in August then I think we're going out and purchasing a Mac hopefully fingers oh. crossed I guess more so than back in the day, um, you can have a Mac and use a lot of the same programs and such. There used to be that it was an either-or situation. Yeah, I think there's a situation where you can take your old computer down to uh, the Apple Store and they'll take all your your stuff off your PC and stick it onto the Apple or onto the Mac. And they'll, I'm not sure if that's free or not. It probably won't be. But yes, it died a death, you git. <laughs> but it's all up and running now, so. I'm happy as Larry. And you got the episode up. I appreciate that. I know that had to be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, another he shoots, he scores. That's right. So that, that was all good. So I'm happy with that. And you came back to that, right? You were in, uh, you had been gone yeah. the weekend prior. Yeah, that was the, uh, the bank holiday weekend. I went uh, camping with my family, the kids, well, Amanda and, and the kids. And we went cheese rolling. <laughs> but you didn't actually get to roll cheese, right? You had to. You were spectating. No, no, we saw the crazy people rolling down the hill. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good to watch. If you do it once, it's wicked. Our campsite from the hill was roughly around that 15-minute drive. Mm-hmm. It took us two and a half hours to drive to the bottom of the hill, and then it took another 40, 45 minutes to walk up the hill. Jeez. There's around about three plateaus that you have to walk up. And it is miles away from where we parked. It was a good two-mile hike. How were the kids? kids on your shoulders as well. Yeah. Well, they're, they're on my shoulders, so it was fine. But you have to walk to the base of the hill. It's like climbing Kilimanjaro. But you have to walk <laughs> to the base of the hill. And then you, you take a slow walk up following lots and lots of people. And then you hit a plateau, which is fine. And then you go up a bit steeper. And then you hit another plateau. And then you climb up really steep. You know, they, they've started to cut... Um, steps out in the mud because it is that steep yeah 
and then you get to that plateau, and that's the bottom of the cheese rolling hill. Even then, the, the hill is so steep, it's ridiculous. On on all the YouTube stuff, I'll put links up, but um, or, or all the videos that they stick on YouTube, mm-hmm. it doesn't do the hill any justice at all on how steep it is. And people are literally falling to their deaths at the bottom of this hill. Well, there has to be another side. Could you have gone around the other way and, you know... Uh, well, the police cornered off all the roads from there on. Oh, but so all the cheese rollers, they didn't go up the same hill you went. They went the easy way with all their supplies? I, I think there's a, a car park at the very top where all, all the competitors uh, park. And obviously they got there at, you know, silly o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we turned up around about... I wanted to be there by 12, and we ended up getting there by 3, I think it was. It's always the way. I know. So we missed <laughs> half of it, but... The other half, oh, it's, it's so good. Watching people fall down after a piece of cheese is the funniest thing you'll ever see in your life. And then they have the uh, the races up the hill as well, where the first to the top of the hill wins. And it literally takes them 15 minutes to wow. climb this piece of hill. Now, were your kids, when they came home, were they pretending to cheese roll? Did they take like, no, cans no, of soup sure. and such and, look, I'm cheese rolling? No, they, they enjoyed it while they were out there, actually. I, I think... It's more watching people flash down a hill <laughs> and then seeing them disappear into the trees below. No, that they, they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, there was one guy who's won for the last five years, I think it is, and he's retiring this year. Did he, they he, test him for steroids? <laughs> he must be on something to do it five years on the trot. He's been greasing the cheese? Yeah. He was wearing um, uh, motocross pads and leathers and stuff like that, so obviously he's got a back plate on there and... He's not stupid. Yeah. There's, there's, there was another guy who actually did the cheese roll in, in a banana hammock. You know, the, uh, yeah, the ball thing. He actually did that. There was, there was people with, uh, with a horse's head on and Spider-Man going down there. And the video that I'll put up on the links, there's a couple of big clashes on there. <laughs> and I think the injuries, there were 18 people injured and four people fainted. And the ambulance crews, you know, they're, they're fantastic, but I think they were actually um, collecting people and waiting for two or three races to pass and then taking them off to hospital instead of, you know, everyone gets a single ambulance. But it was it was well worth it. I'm, we're going again next year. That's good. Well, another thing that I learned from the weekend, obviously we went camping, um, communal showers, they're the greatest ever, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. One tip for anyone who goes in the communal shower, stay upstream. That's all I can say. <laughs> so I remember I'll, there was two showers, and it so happened I, my first night there, I took a shower, and the left-hand shower was obviously the main shower. The right-hand shower was the, let's say, the slave shower, uh-huh. where all, all the water, well, the drain ran from the main shower under the second shower, okay. and then out. And... There was a dude next to me just hocking loogies and uh, stuff was flopping on the floor. And, uh, is that shampoo? It's very bubbly. <laughs> I'm sure that's shampoo. Please let it be shampoo. Oh, <laughs> it was horrible. Poor Matt and, Colleen. You're just traumatizing him with the uh, your stories. They're so graphic. No, he ended up <laughs> nearly falling off his bicycle, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. While he's, while he's listening to the, the fishy story. And now he's sitting Sorry. there cringing Sorry, going, oh, oh. Yeah, sorry, fella. <laughs> I figure whatever I'm feeling, he's feeling too. So, but oh, yeah, I can picture that. <laughs> he posted on um, Twitter. He, I think he just listened to it and he went. Obviously, typed in my name and then went, "Not cool, man. Not cool." And I was like, "Oh no, what have I said?" Which one and of the eight things you did that nobody? <laughs> and so I put it on. I was like, "I'm going through it." You know, I, I replied to him. You know, just DM me. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I don't want to get in trouble. You know, have I said if I slurred anyone? Oh Christ, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was listening to it. No, no, it's just the fish story. <laughs> it was a bad story, though. <laughs> Actually, do, do you know what happened after that? Um, Dig ended up doing that story. Someone important must be listening to our podcast. I'd like to think so. <laughs> but Dig ended up doing it, so. Ah, I'll have to look for it. No, actually, no, I have no interest in looking for it, but no, I'll take your word for no. it. <laughs> it's all done and dusted. We did it a lot better anyway, yeah. so there you go. Ah, have that. There, there was um another thing. We um on the way home we popped by a uh, one of these train museums 
where they do the steam rides. And it just so happened that they had the the original Harry Potter train oh, wow. on on exhibition, and you, we took like a thirty minute train ride to jump on it, and then a thirty minute train ride back on the actual train that they filmed in Harry Potter. I can't really get into them films. I try my hardest to get into them, but I I just can't get into them. Something about them. But now the kids really liked it, and we stood on the nine and three quarters platform and. As soon as they saw it pulling in, oh, it's a Harry Potter train, woo <laughs> I've got lots of pictures of it, so it's all stored on the computer that won't die. There you go. Are you in that paranoid state where it's like, well, let me make a copy just in case. Let me put a copy on a, on a CD here just so I, I have it. Yeah, well, I ended up going out and buying a, a backup hard drive for it on a USB stick, so yeah. everything's going on there after we've recorded <laughs> everything. I have one in a box on the floor. For a month now, I've been saying I'm going to do that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Do it, man. Do it. All right, so let's bring in our friend from the Blakey Biz Show. Let's give him a call and see if he's available to talk. Uh, I'm going to add him to the conference. I'm trying. Oh, it's ringing. It's still ringing. Hello. Hello. It's Scott Nelton. We're... Hello, mate. This Hello, line it. one. You're on the air. <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> it, 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 it's Blakey from Norwich here. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm okay, thank you. No potty mouth on this show. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, it was the new mixer. It's still confusing me somewhat. Oh, okay. Like buttons to press. I'm like, <laughs> so, welcome to our crib. This is our palace. You're on our turf now. Yo, yo. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, reason why I pulled you in, uh, obviously you're the first caller into this shenanigans that we call apotheosis. Uh, I've got a little quiz that I want to play with you guys, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. quiz time. Right. Uh, I hope you don't mind, but I went through your last um, episode of the Blakey Beer Show. The one I... about pets. Yes. Episode 8. Yes. Obviously, I'll let you plug it later if you're a good boy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I went through it. I've chopped it up a little bit. Oh, dear. And, I'll, and I'll, I want you two to both guess um, how many times you and the wonderful Katie, it is Katie, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Say the word pets. Oh, sh- Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, uh. Remember, it's a, I think it's around 45 minutes worth. Yeah. And you did a small section in the middle about pets, which was good, but I do have to pull you up on a couple of things. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so how many times did... Katie, how many times do we say pets in our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We're going with... 33? I, I was going to say 32. Uh, okay, we'll go with 33. So you're going with 33? Yes. And well, Scott, what are you going to go for? I think he's right, but I'll say 50. You say 50. I can't even remember doing the episode. <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> no, it's literally, you do it, you post it, you forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, did I say that? Did I do that? <laughs> so 33. Right, 33, yeah? yeah? Okay, yeah. Okay, you're right. You ready for this? Ready? Yeah. Okie dokie. Hang on. Let me get it all set. Here we go. We're going to talk pets. So we're going to talk pets. What is the best pet? So let's start with sort of our history with pets. What was your first pet? My first pet was our rabbits. I think the first pet I remember, but the first pet I actually remember, I think they're boring pets. Like guinea pigs. Boring. We didn't have a um, um, pet for quite a while, and then I started to get some, a couple of fish. I think fish are the most boring oh. pet in the world. So, so is that it for you? Yeah, that's pet it lives? for me. Yeah. So we, we were a very pet family. Yeah, yeah. We've had so many, so many pets over the years. So that automatically, for me, makes dogs the best pets ever. <laughs> There was this one lady, and she had loads of bird, pet birds oh, in yes, her house. Oh, yes, I did see that. And she just let them... F- birds... Not very good pets. Cats. <gasps> I'll tell you what is a cool <laughs> oh, pet. Oh, here we go. A tortoise. So turtles, tick, bad pet. 
Aww. Well, not bad pets, just mediocre. <laughs> cats, 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 cats. <laughs> uh, I love cats as pets. Yeah. I think they're awesome. No, I do. I think they are quite good pets because of the independence they have. Ooh. So cats, in my book, good pets. Yeah. Tick. Hmm. Yeah, I think you know, so. Good pets. Yeah, definitely. What do you feel <laughs> about people that have like snakes and tarantulas <laughs> for pets? Oh. Would you ever have a snake as a pet, like a python? No. Pet, really? It's like a companion, isn't it? Shall I, I look so. it up in the dictionary and see what the definition of pet is? I don't really get <laughs> I'm it. Either, of a, I'm more of a, a pet's a cuddly thing, you know? That's like your companion and. But not, not for pets. Pe- not for a pet, really. If you want to you see couldn't really see about, well, but just not pets in your book. Pet. Well, no, I suppose well, an like elephant a, in a circus is a pet. Yeah. Oh, you mean our pets? You're right, pets. That's what it means. I like their pets. All right, their pets. Teacher's pet. Yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. So pets are awesome to walk into a house with no pets. We've had pets all the time. And it's weird. A, a home isn't a home without a pet. I like pets and having them. There we go. Pet. What else is there to say? Well, if you've got any extraordinary pets, know of anyone yeah, with any, any like, extraordinary pets. pets? Oh, I meant as a pet. Phobias for pets or animals. Pets, you've got to think so of these, these these people that if they have like a pet. A pet like Ooh, that could be. Email us about your pets. Tell us about your pets. What pets Send have us you got? Pictures. Yeah. If you've got any unusual pets, do yeah. you have a snake? Do you have a tarantula? Episode eight of the Blakey Biss Show. Pets. Right. Did you get all of that? I lost count. That was ridiculous. (laughs) That made me laugh so much. (laughs) We've got Katie here too as well. Okay. Hi. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Right, go away now, love. Bye. Bye. Oh, that that really made me laugh. That was ridiculous. I hope you didn't mind me doing that. I just... Oh, like that it. was that was really. I'm crying. That was, that was quite funny. I don't know. I lost, I lost count after about three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one, two, three. Oh my god, we're still talking about pets for like. Yeah. <laughs> there, oh. there was a section there where you actually did go pet, 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 pet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that really made me laugh. That was funny. Right, um, uh, uh, Blake, you went for thirty-three, didn't you? I think I'm dead wrong, to be honest. And Scott, you went for fifty. Actually, yes. there were fifty-nine. Wow. I count nine. Be more. Oh, <laughs> fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. <laughs> That's wicked. Like, how long did that take? Actually, that little edited segment. That's just under three minutes there. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's that. That's that's made me cry, man. That was funny. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's good going though. You, you know when you that's say that, a word. That, over and over again, and it loses all its meaning. <laughs> yeah. Now in my head, all it's just pets, 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 pets. <laughs> but you know, when you're say you're writing something in English class, and all it's, you know, you you don't use like uh, Sarah opened Sarah's bag and went to Sarah's house. It's she, her. You yeah. use the name yeah. once in a while. You you can substitute. There's, you couldn't really substitute anything for pets. No, critters. <laughs> Com- well, you, you said companions once, <laughs> but yeah, once. <laughs> <laughs> companions, things, I suppose. Four-legged but, animals. Four-legged, four-legged animals. That's the name of my band. <laughs> four-legged animals. Four-legged animals. That's ridiculous. Fifty-nine times. I want that as a ringtone. Yeah, you can have it. I'll post <laughs> over to you. <laughs> that would be sweet. Get a, a text message. Pets. 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 So, in the end, what did you decide was the best pet? Uh, Katie, what did we decide was the best pet? Dogs, weren't it? Yeah, dogs. Oh. For us, it was dogs. Yeah. See, I'm a cat man myself. No, I'm, I'm not a cat person, so I'm all with you on the dogs. We, we, we talked Shocking. About, there was a film on yesterday called Cats and Dogs. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've got it. It's awesome. Cat- Cats versus dogs. And we were watching it, and we were like, "The cats are evil, man. They're out, <laughs> they're out to get us all." That's why they're the greater species. No, they're not. No, no, no. They're, they are, and they're right. talking, and they're walking around, and they got the the higher, higher moral high ground against these dogs. And yeah, it's actually yeah. called cats and dogs. So dogs come second there. Yeah. Well, no, dogs rule. Okay. <laughs> I've, got, 
I've got, I've got three of them in this house that will disrespect that. But then I've got okay, two cool. cats as well, so... I don't know. Nah, no, I, I just felt like doing that. There you go. That was really funny. That's really dope. That really made me laugh. That was awesome. And I want that as a ringtone on my phone. <laughs> I'll be caught in the pub. Pets, 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 pets. Where's that coming from? Gosh. Well, I have something, too, that you might want to uh, jump in on here. This was... Um, it's not from, from your show, but there's this thing called Cocology, and it's it's one of those uh, collections of puzzles where you see an egg, and a, a bird's egg in a nest in a tree. Describe the tree, describe the nest, where is it sitting in the tree, and how many eggs are in the nest, and then that, each of those things stand for something. Uh-huh. Like the egg is your sense of self, and the nest is how you feel about your father, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So I have a couple of those kind of things if you'd like to. I was going to do it with Elton, and you're certainly welcome to do it, too. Yeah, I have, have a whole ton of them here, but we'll do a couple. I have to give credit for this idea to uh, another podcast. Um, this lady, Sue, she did the Trivia War podcast. And oh, she yeah. had a podcast called Chain of Fools, which... I don't know that one. I know the Trivia one. That was quite fun. Chain of Fools, is, it really was a collection of um, segments from other people, and she just kind of, like link them together so and then one day she sat and did the same kind of thing so I gotta give credit to Sue but obviously we're our own people so let me see I'll give you uh, let's see let's see let's see of course 90% of these have to do with sex so let's try to pick one nice. up woo woo <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. nothing wrong with sex at all that's I where know, it all came from alright we'll do the true adventure we'll start with that one so I'll describe this scenario, and then there's going to be four questions along the way. Just try to remember your answers. It won't take very long. Pen. I need a pen. Got a uh, pen. <laughs> all right. Got it? Everybody's ready? I'm ready. All right. Have you ever had a true adventure, the kind you read about in novels or watch on the silver screen, an action-filled series of cliffhanging scrapes and brushes with destiny, and, of course, a touch of romance to keep interest levels high? Wouldn't you like to? Well, here we go. Your true adventure. You are a warrior in an ancient kingdom, and you have been chosen to accompany the most famous hero in the land on a mission to recover a stolen treasure. What does the hero say to you as you prepare to embark on your quest? Um, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, um, what to GS up, I'd imagine. Let's so go forthwith and find this treasure. Tally ho, let's go bong some bad guys and retrieve the gold. All right. Number two, before you set off, the king summons you and gives you a sword to see you through your adventure. What kind of sword is it? Describe it in detail. Katana. Massive one. Razor sharp. So it sits on my back and I look really hard with it. <laughs> okay. I'd have a samurai sword. Yeah, same sort of, yeah. Cool. Oh, is that, oh, samurai I think it's the like... same sort of thing, isn't it? Katana is it? and a I think so. samurai sword, sort of the same thing. I apologise then for sounding Any silly. other detail besides Samurai Sword? Is it? Uh... It's got a, a black handle. Yeah, and when you wave a... it around, it goes... <laughs> <laughs> Mine would have a black handle with um, uh, inscription on the blade. Some <laughs> mystical spells, maybe, to help me in my quest. <laughs> Alright, well let me just say, it is not representative of your penis or anything, but like, what if it was? Just think of the descriptions you guys just gave. <laughs> so mine's carved. It has a black handle spells. and a description on it. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's not. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's not. It's not nearly as uh, racy. Have you got tattoos on your winky? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I know someone who has, though. Bad times. Oh. Yeah, anyway, move on quickly. <laughs> Moving on. Number three. Your travels take you over high mountains and through dense old forests and you encounter many obstacles and crises along the way. Now you've finally arrived at the mouth of the cave where the stolen treasures lie waiting. How many enemies have you met thus far in the course of your adventure? Uh, say about 65,000. <laughs> <laughs> the population of a small village. Yeah, <laughs> a big, big metropolitan city area. <laughs> no, I'd say, seriously, I'd say about seven. Okay. I'd, I'd say none. I use stealth to okay. uh, pass uh, through the undergrowth. Solid snakes. Sort of uh, yeah. Right. 
And the last part of this one, you enter the cavern and finally discover the treasure you've been seeking. At that moment, what expression crosses the face of the great hero who you accompanied on this quest? Describe the expression in detail. Uh, a, a smug grimace. Uh, raised eyebrows. Big smile. Sort of like, ha ha, I did it. Hurrah. Yeah, He'd be I smug. Think... He's the hero. He'd be smug. Mm. He'd be arrogant and smug. So. Yeah, mine would would have like a big Cheshire grin on his face, and he'd have like the dollar bills in his eyes, <laughs> really wide eyes. Ching. Ah, I see. All right. <laughs> By entering the role of the warrior charged with the mission of great importance, you also assumed the associated feelings of pride in being trusted with such responsibility. Your answers to this quiz are linked to how you handle your own pride. For number one, the words the venerated hero spoke to you are the words that play on your pride. In a sense, the words you imagine the hero saying are the words you have a weak spot for and that can spur you into action. Did that's you... true when that's true when, you know, your friends say, Come on, come to the pub, that's my weak spot. I'm like, Okay <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm away. So yeah. <laughs> Did you hear something inspiring like trust me, I'm counting on you or we're gonna have to work together? No. <laughs> or was the hero something less encouraging, like, just stay out of the way? Or if yeah. you're thinking about quitting, now's the time. I think mine was more positive than... I think I was more enthusiastic yeah. than probably the hero. Uh, you, yeah. guys, <laughs> you, you guys seemed uh, to be kind of equals with the hero. Yeah, like his best mate, you know, his wingman. Right. Yeah, well, apparently we're splitting it 50-50 anyway, so we should really be as enthusiastic as him anyway. Yeah, like, come on, let's, let's get to it, man. All right. I want some money. <laughs> the sword the king gave you is a symbol of your own self-pride. Was it a finely crafted shining blade or a rusty old, barely serviceable tool? <laughs> That's how you think of yourself. What? Mine was a shiny... Razor sharp. <laughs> razor sharp mystical blade. That's right. Just oh, like God. you. Raw. <laughs> and Elton thinks he's a samurai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or a Savaloy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number of enemies you encountered signifies the number of obstacles and crises you see yourself as having overcome in your own life so far. The greater the number, the greater your confidence in your own abilities. Several hundred, one thing you don't lack is self-assurance. Just one or two, you don't see yourself as much of an adventurer, do you? Maybe you need some more life experience to help you gain confidence. You didn't meet any enemies? Either the villains were too scared to show their faces... I figured they wouldn't bother with someone as insignificant as you. <laughs> so you met a whole town, and I met no yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I've, I've conquered 65,000 problems. That's cool. There you go. <laughs> You're unstoppable. Yeah. And how did the hero react on recovering the lost treasure? The great hero who led you on this adventure actually represents the characteristics you admire most in the opposite sex. The expression yeah. you pictured on the hero's face is... The expression you find most attractive in the opposite sex was in an ear-to-ear -ear, ear -ear grin, a look of proud satisfaction or plain relief, tears <laughs> of joy. Whatever the expression, remember it. Someday, someone may use that to unlock your heart. Yeah, yeah. Kate, Kate is always smug. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing, dear. I'm getting in trouble. Uh, let's see. Well, there's several more you want to... Uh, do any others? We could do some yeah, more. go for it, man. Go for it. Yeah, go on, man. I snuck past the whole village while you was fighting you them, did. Remember that? Yeah, I was the distraction, was I? I was the helm, helm's deep to, yeah. your, <laughs> All right. to the other battles that was going on. All right, you are you're going to pick which one of these? Pick one of four. You are a new recording artist, and you've just finished cutting your debut CD. Now all that remains is for you to decide on the cover design for the CD case. What type of design do you pick? Number one, a soothing scene using imagery or photos taken from some exotic location. Number two, a fun cartoonish design or other playful image. Three, an abstract pattern without any obvious meaning, but one that makes people think. Or number four, a picture of yourself. It's got to be me. <laughs> picture of myself, I think. I think I'll go for number three. What the cartoon Ab is? Abstract pattern? Yeah. With hidden depths. 
All right. I'm, I'm going to come off so arrogant on this podcast. <laughs> it's all about me. It's all about me, man. Well, I do a podcast, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But nobody knows that you actually do it in front of a mirror. That's yeah, <laughs> listen to my voice. <laughs> you videotape it just so you can watch it later. I do. <laughs> the design you'd like to see on your CD corresponds to the aspects of your personality that you want others to take notice of. Your choice can be interpreted as what you see as your own best attribute. Being me. So Elton said, abstract pattern without obvious meaning. You take pains to express your natural creativity and talent to the world. That talent may be there, but you need to remember that other people have talents too. The (laughs) real way for you to shine is to accept and work together with others. Until you do, you risk being seen as strange. Your, (laughs) Your originality is important. But don't let it make you into another crackpot eccentric. You're a strange man, Elden. <laughs> it's very true, though. And a picture of yourself, that means you take a straight You're an arrogant approach. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was no swearing. Naughty boy. <laughs> Naughty slap wrist. <laughs> you take the straightforward approach saying, this is me, take me as I am. And you see yeah. that simple honesty is your strongest feature. But what yeah. you intend yeah. as honesty can come across as stubbornness. This is me, I'm never going to change. Nobody's so great that they can't get better. If you want to keep the same image forever, at least make sure they get your good side. Yeah, cool. that, is, yeah that is me. I'm a straight talker. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, no, that, that scarily is me. <laughs> Let's see. How do you know these things? The book is it's all knowing. Meg. It's like a mind probe coming out the computer. <laughs> <laughs> That that thing from Batman Forever, the Riddler had. He put his thing on his head. Uh, no. All right, here we go. This, this is another. I don't think I've seen that actually. No, it's rubbish. Don't. I think I got up to the Penguin one and that's it. Not, as, it. not as bad as Terminator Four. God, that old, that his movie is awful. Do you not like that? It was poor. I've heard poor. that from a lot of people actually. Very poor. Terminator mm-hmm. One was on the other night and that was mint. <laughs> And then yeah. Terminator 2 was on afterwards, and I was like, yes! <laughs> and then they had Terminator 3 on, which is much more enjoyable than Terminator 4. I haven't even seen the third one. But I, I watched this, the second one when it was on TV, and it wasn't as good as I remember it. Men, aren't even, oh. <laughs> It's so good. It's one of my favourite films of all time yeah. ever. I didn't like John Connor in that one, in, in Terminator 2. He was too much of a whiny... Whiny American yeah. sort of. Come with me. Well, and he's Shut supposed up. to be that rebellious. I hate you, mom, and you know why we have to be all over the place here. I don't want to be the savior. And he, just... he was a, he was the reluctant hero, hero from the womb. <laughs> yeah, he never chose it. It, it wouldn't have been worse if they'd stuck Macaulay Culkin in there, really, would it? <laughs> I think it would have been worse. <laughs> he slaps, the Terminator slaps his face and he goes, ah. <laughs> You should not have put on the aftershave. <laughs> you guy just give up or are you thirsty for more? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I want to close your boots and your BB gun. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> all right, let me give you this one here. <coughs> it's your birthday today. And when you Woo! check your mailbox, you see you've gotten a card from someone you never would have suspected. Who is the sender? You've also received a number of gifts from family and friends. Of that group, who sent you the biggest package? So, uh, we need to know who sent you the the card, and then out of the people who gave you gifts, who gave you the biggest package? Uh, The wife gave me the biggest package. Definitely. Uh, Who gave me the card? Someone you Uh, never expected sent you a card. Uh... Ah, I'm trying to think. I can't remember his name. Uh, Kevin Smith. There you go. <laughs> All He's right. my hero at the minute. <laughs> okay. How about you, Elton? Um, an old friend from school sent me the card and the biggest package. <laughs> Just the word Whoa. package makes me laugh. <laughs> 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 I'm so immature. Uh, oh, see, now I have to change my mind because you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go the missus as well. All right. 
The person who unexpectedly sent you the card is actually someone you would like to care more about you and give you more attention. In short, yes. the person named as the sender is someone you worship from afar. Is it someone you barely know, someone you've been hesitant to approach, or just a friend you haven't heard from in a while? Maybe it's time you make the first move toward bridging the gap. Cool. And on the surface, you might associate the biggest package you received with good feelings about the sender. But from a psychological perspective, the person you named as the sender, or given you the biggest package, is actually someone whose affections you take for granted. This doesn't necessarily mean oh, no. a lack of respect, but you definitely feel confident of their feelings for you. Be careful not to get too confident. What looks like security may look what feels like security may look like plain selfishness to others. Find Katie Roses tomorrow. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I really appreciate you. <laughs> That's quite heavy now. <laughs> I've been quite Ugh, weird. <laughs> Alright, I'll do one last one here with you guys. Do you, you each have something to write with and write on? Yes. I certainly do. I have my shaved camel to write on. All right. I have a bank statement. <laughs> You'll need a pen, paper... For, you need a pen and paper for this game. Using a single circle and any number of triangles and squares that you want, draw a design on the paper. Circle. Oh, okay. A single circle and any number of triangles and squares that you want, draw a design on the paper. Are we going to put our thinking music on this as well? Yeah. I'll hum. <laughs> ah, starting again. I'm done. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Take your time. I'm a perfectionist. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah, I'm done. All right. How does your artwork turn out? Is it suitable for hanging on the refrigerator door? No. The real meaning of the design you drew can be found in your use of the three basic shapes. In this exercise, the triangles represent work and study. The squares stand for society and its rules, and the lone circle is a symbol of yourself. If you drew a very large circle, you possess an equally great sense of self. That can be a good thing when it leads to positive self-regard, but for some people, it signifies a distorted notion of their place in the world. In other words, at its center. If you drew a very small circle, you see yourself as insignificant or dwarfed by the world around you. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed by all those triangles and squares. They're made of the same points and lines that you are. The number and size of triangles you used represents your work or school responsibilities. Large triangles denote your sense of importance of your work and the fulfillment you find in it, while a large number of triangles means you're working on several projects at once. Be careful you've, if you have too many triangles. You may need to cut down your workload before it wears you out. And the squares in your design stand for how you feel about society and other people. If you used very large squares, it indicates you're under, under pressure to conform or fit in. If you put many squares in your design, it shows you tend to feel lost in the crowd or burdened by too many rules. If the shapes in your design connect, overlap, or share borders, it means that you're enjoying a degree of integration and harmony between those aspects of your life. If all the shapes Ooh. occupy separate spaces, it's likely you'll see signs of isolation and a lack of connection in your life as well. Ooh. Cool. I drew, I drew a square with a circle inside, with a triangle inside the circle. Ooh. So they're Thank all sort of connected in one. Yeah. And the dominant thing is the square. The rules. It's the square. Society. I hate society. You, ha you have to fit in, literally, inside your square. Yeah. What's all that? <laughs> this is blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm only charging $195 an hour for this service. <laughs> I'm staring at this piece of paper all night going, what does it mean? Does it really mean that? I like that. <laughs> You'll wake up in the morning, the first thing you see will be that piece of paper. I'll be like, no! <laughs> Groundhog day. <laughs> I've, I've actually drawn a big circle on my piece of paper. In that circle, I've drawn a square, and the corners of the square are touching the circle. Ooh. And in that... Uh, that square, I've actually divided that into four, into quarters. So mm -hmm. there are four triangles in that square which fit 
neatly in the square. Ah. Interesting. Yes. I need to shoot off. All right. Because Katie's looking at me with evil eyes. <laughs> no problem. Well, we're glad yeah, you could come on. I'll try to put a few more of these on uh, future episodes. Let me put yeah, them on forms. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're really cool. All right. Shall I shamelessly plug myself? Please do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can go to blakeybiz.libsyn.com where you can get the Blakey Biz Show, uh, Call Biz, the call-in show, and five toilets in a kitchen sink from Ben, Matt, and Elijah. And we're also on iTunes, uh, the Biz 3-pack. Find <laughs> us there, leave a review, and we'll keep doing it. So, yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today. No worries. And we'll talk to you later. No worries, man. I'll catch you later. Goodbye, Elton. Goodbye, Scott. Have a good day, evening. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So I have um, this whole book. It's actually two books in one. But um, online, there's a couple of examples of them, and I'll put a link to where you can get the book. But if I can find one that has a collection of these things to go through, I'll definitely make sure it's up there. And I have a feeling we might have messed up his whole brain for the rest of the week. I think so. There were, there's a lot of good ones in there, but uh, it, it makes you nervous sometimes to try to like pin someone down and be like, "Oh, <laughs> that sword that you described means you're completely self-absorbed." And <laughs> like I said, like yeah. what if that represented a body part? You know, a black handle and it's tattooed and like, <laughs> shh, shh, stop, stop. Just say it's. It's normal. It's only a sword. It's only a sword. Yeah. It's only a sword. Yeah. And then there's um, a lot of things that they talk about them being universally valid. Like you get these horoscopes or uh, fortune tellers who say things like, sometimes you feel overwhelmed and there's someone in your life who you feel like just, just doesn't understand you. And everybody can sit there and be like, oh, that that's so true. Partly because you want it to be, and partly because it's universally valid. But, yeah. But I had a book. It was a book of palm reading, and it was from like the turn of the century, 19th century to 20th century. And they didn't sit there and say, well, your lifeline, if it's broken, means you're going to have obstacles and stuff. It went into detail like you're going to die in a car accident or blunt head trauma or you you will be criminally insane and – it was the most awesome thing. So it was obviously not true, but it was <laughs> it was definitely old fashioned, very yeah. old school. Cairo's language in the hand, I think it was called. See, with these tests, I know it's been said many, many times before, but a lot of people do fit them around to to what they want to hear, though, don't they? Yeah, it's like the uh, horoscopes and bits and bobs like that, where they they want to hear stuff. I remember going down to uh, there was a village hall, and they uh, they hired a um, a lady who said that she could talk to the dead, mm-hmm. and I, I said to the missus, you know, I want to go down. I just want to see what it's like, you know, see what happens. I, I don't want to have my my life read to me. I just want to see other people's lives read to them <laughs> yeah. and see how they react. Yeah, but you know, so. I, I went in there, I went with a couple of mates, we all sat down, and it's it's really weird, I, I think if you go to anything like this, you find always the first three rows are full up of old ladies or old men who want to be in touch with their other halves that have passed on, mm-hmm. which is, you know, quite sad and you know, sorry for them, but, and I sat more to the back, but I was, I was on an aisle, so I, I could be seen by this lady, and she, she did a couple of the old ladies at the front and she did a couple of people from the middle from the back and then she hit me and I was like whoa hang on <laughs> and my my whole body just went really cold I was like no no and started feeling all shaky and then she started asking me questions and there were a couple of times where she wanted me to answer yes or no and it was a very general question that she asked me mm-hmm. and I was like oh, okay it's too general so I'm going to say no to that but there were a couple of things that were very true, and I said yes, yes to to the, the bits and bobs. And she said that uh, my nan and granddad were standing behind me. I was like, oh, hang on, that's a bit creepy. <laughs> and you should have said, really? They they're here from Hawaii. 
<laughs> like stand up and start waving my arms. What in here? Am I hitting them? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it it was quite freaky, and I I was okay. Fair enough. I was I wasn't playing along, but I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she turned around and said, "Oh, and you had a friend who's in a car crash." I went, yeah. Everybody can can think of someone who's been in a car crash that they knew. Yeah. I, I, I think so, yeah. Uh, well, this is when I was at college, and one of my best mates there, uh, he ended up dying in a car crash, with along with uh, five other people in the car. It was you know, quite a big thing mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and she mentioned it, and she said, yeah, he, he, he said it, he's saying it's hurting him. He said he, it hurt him. And I turned around and said, well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm assuming it would, because he actually died in it, so... Yeah. Um, anyway, it was quite freaky. It, you know, it, it was like a, a curveball thrown at me, mm-hmm. so I was okay, sort of playing along at, in the beginning. But all, all of a sudden, that was thrown at me, and I was like, "Whoa, hang on a minute, that's a bit, it's a bit spooky." And then we ended up going to the pub after that and speaking about it. And my friends were like, "Well, I'm not being funny. I've had a mate who's died in a car crash. I've had a mate who's in a car crash, mm-hmm. and it, it is very general." question because i'd imagine about 50 percent of people around here know someone who knows someone who's been in a car crash yeah and and it's the kind of thing that feels so personal because it it impacted you but even if if you watch some of the shows and when they talk to people after they start going like well i have to go they sometimes people even say like well go home and think about it. it might not make sense to you now then you go home and you talk to your cousin and they go well your uncle tony died in a car crash or, you know, when they said uh, someone named John was behind you. Well, you know, no, you don't have any uh, relatives named John, but, you know, Cousin Jack, he used to get, get called John once in a while. Like, people force it to fit sometimes. Yeah. There was a, a television special uh, probably about a year ago here, but it was um, it was from the UK, and it was... Like a, a mental, it was all about powers of observation, and um, the the guy sat there and uh, he could tell which cell phone belonged to which person based on little visual ticks they did, and um, they brought these two commercial design guys to come into a studio, and they were challenged to design a product, and all along the route they they gave him like a limo ride to the studio. Yeah, and all along the route, they had these subconscious things planted, like um, a guy carrying a bag of groceries, and on the bag of groceries was a name, and then that name showed up four or five other places. Someone had it on their shirt, and then these guys came, and when they were supposed to come up with a product, it had that name in it, and the whole idea was um, that the guy had planted all these seeds. The two guys came in to design the product. And he said, I have a prediction of what you're going to invent for me. And, uh, you know, all based on those cues that he put out there. And then the big reveal was that they invented almost the exact same thing. Yeah. And uh, one of the things he did was like a, a fortune telling. And so he had people who, who couldn't have been more different, like rich, poor, old, young, different classes of society and and uh, different parts of, of the U.K., and you could tell that they weren't similar at all, men, women. And he gave them a reading, and he said, I, you know, I typed up this thing for you. I want you to go in the other room and, and read read my analysis of you. And each of them got interviewed on camera, and they're like, this is, this is me perfectly. This is, it fits me to a T. And he gave all, like, eight of the people the exact same letter. And it was it was all little statements like that, like, you wish you could be a better person. You try as hard as you can on certain things, and there's there's something that you feel like is in the way, and you can't do anything about it. And it was just the kind of thing we were talking about. Um, yeah, all very general statements, yeah, really. But partly them wanting it to be true, and and even just they're general, but not so blatantly general. Like it, the kind of things that you can interpret in any way you want, um, and and personalize it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. I, I've always been looking for that that letter because I remember him saying like, "Yeah, it's, it'll be on the uh, 
you know, BBC Two website on <laughs> whatever network it was it was produced through. It's like, you know, download it, share it with your friends. You can do this with everyone. And, and it, it was it was a long letter, like full of things, but it just uh, just proved his point. Yeah, well, everyone's going to have a, an opinion on that, though, aren't they? They're all going to either see in into the actual letter itself or they're just going to screw it up and throw it, throw it away yeah. and go, no, that's not me. I don't believe in that. Either either you really want to believe it or you want to believe it. Yeah. It's I think if you if you go into it looking for that kind of thing then it just isn't effective. You have to catch people cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. Well, this has been a uh, a pretty full episode. I think we're probably at a good uh, stopping point for today. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank um Blakey Biz, as he's known on the many forums, uh, host of the Blakey Biz show and all the other shows he quoted, and his uh, lovely companion, Katie, who, <laughs> who we got to talk to for a minute. Um, we'll give you an update in a week or so and let you know how he's doing with his uh, <laughs> his self-discovery, <laughs> see if he's still hung up on uh, some of those things. He'll have that piece of paper in his back That's pocket right. or his wallet, Yeah, opening up. I'm only a circle in a square. <laughs> um, the podcast I had referenced before actually is a, a podcast called Chain of Fools, which unfortunately it's been discontinued. Yeah. Well, should we wrap things up at this point here? I think so. So I think the moral for today's episode, coming from our exploration of the fine mystic arts of cocology, should be uh, related to the cocology puzzles, something about the swords or the album covers so what do you think your turn to pick the moral oh dear channel it channel it I'm, your grandparents are standing behind you inspiring yes. you I have my fingers on my temples I'm rubbing them <laughs> I'm rubbing my you. temples <laughs> um, how about sometimes a sword is just a sword brilliant I, I don't know where I, you get that sort of inspiration. I I know. <laughs> it's the psychic, the psychic powers. All those people in your life, all those triangles and squares in your life, bring you inspiration. And next time, I shall have myself on the album cover. There you go. All right. So I will uh, be back. You'll be back. They'll yes, be back. Yes, we're all back. He, she, we, they. All the pronouns will be here. Yes. Oh, reviews on iTunes, please. Please. Thank you very much. Cool. So this is the longest exit ever. <laughs> yes, I'm going now. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>